welcome to our podcast, a quest to engage and unpack our African experiences, a celebration of our identities, our successes, a fearless voyage into ourselves. Zazi. Bonjour et bienvenue sur notre podcast Zazi, une plateforme de réflexion sur nos identités et expériences africaines, nos succès, une longue quête intérieure. Hello, hello, and welcome to Zazi. Hi, welcome. So I'm actually like bursting with excitement at what we have lined up for our listeners today. Me too. Because we've been talking about wanting to speak about travel, wanting to experience the continent in a multitude of ways. And in our quest to sort of travel, piggyback on other people's travel, we've both been following a phenomenal travel blogger who has actually taken the time to make time to chat to us. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And Poppy, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I mean, we're so grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you for your time. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Poppy Sibia. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you Zazi for having me. Bonjour, thank bienvenue. So I'm sure you speak a bit of French. <laughs> Bonjour, ça va? Ça va, merci. <laughs> But on a real, on a real, how are you and where are you? I am good. I'm actually recovering from the flu. I'm now in Cameroon, Douala, Cameroon. I actually realized that I've been going, going, going for months without a good rest. Mm. And my body just, guys, literally broke down. And I just, yo, for three days I was in bed. But today is the fourth day and I feel way better. And I'm ready now to go out, explore the city. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that you've managed to make it into Cameroon because you yes, were caught yes. in a coup at a moment in time. I was. I was for a week. And then after a week, the borders of Gabon opened. And yeah, I, I left and without incident. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, Poppy. So for us to be <laughs> now talking about you being trapped in coups and now in Cameroon, let's start at the beginning for our listeners who have no clue who you might be. Tell us who is Poppy Sabia and how did she come to travel blogging? Okay. So Poppy Sabia is a travel vlogger. Extraordinary. Currently I'm focusing on road travel in Africa specifically. And yeah, I'm just, I'm a creator. Um, you know, I, I bring joy and pleasure and fun and laughter. That's my calling. I can believe that. I think that is very true. But now how did it come to, I mean, have you been travel vlogger extraordinaire forever? What were you before? How did you come to this? Because I mean, from seeing your content, what you do is brave. Completely um, brave. So how did you go from, how did you enter into this brave space? I actually started out like most people, you know, I went to university, studied a diploma in industrial engineering, worked as a business analyst, yawn, you know, <laughs> quit that, went to teach English in China, oh, wow. a bit less of a yawn, but eventually it was a yawn as well. And I was like, oh, I've done all the growing I can do teaching English in China, uh, you know, I'm... I felt like I had a, I wanted a bigger stage in life. I was like, no, I'm, I'm destined for greater things. Let me, let me go out and do something amazing or challenging or brave. And I chose to travel. And now you are on a voyage from Cape Town to Ghana, was it? From, yes, from Pretoria. Oh, Pretoria, from Pretoria. South Africa to Ghana. Are you yes. originally from Pretoria? 
No, I'm from Ekong in the Eastern Cape. All right. Okay. So how did you travel from Pretoria? Did you take a train? What was your first um, sort of destination from Gauteng? My first um, mode of transport was uh, a bus. So I took the Intercape bus from Pretoria to Vintuk, Namibia. So there is a bus that connects those two cities. This is good to know. So anybody out here who wants to know, <laughs> I want to have a Namibian experience, you can take the Intercape. Yes. <laughs> this is very, very valuable information. And how did you find Namibia? Because you were looking, you were looking for the Hindu Him- Himba. Himba tribe. Himba right? tribe. Yes. Tell us more about that. Himba. <laughs> okay. So I was actually looking for the Himba in Angola. In Namibia, I, I chilled with the San tribe. Um, and they showed me like, you know, medicine in the bush. And it was a good time. It's always a good time with them. It was in my first time chilling with that specific group of San. But then in Angola, I went and looked for the Hemba tribe. And I found them. They aren't prevalent in Angola. They 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 more prevalent in um in Namibia, northern Namibia. But I decided to go into Angola, look for them there, found them, they hosted me, and it was such an amazing experience. I, I've never seen anything like it. It it's like they are still they, they've held on so tightly to tradition and culture. I, I kept thinking that they're going to say, and cut, okay, that's <laughs> it for the day. Go back to wearing, you know, regular Western clothes and be like, okay, we'll pick it up again tomorrow. And they literally went to bed wearing what they were wearing during the day. They wow. woke up the next morning. They still had the ojita on their skin. Their hair still looked like that. Their clothes still looked like I was like, this is an unbelievable experience. Absolutely amazing. Completely. And then how do you navigate the language? Do you have like a, a fixer who travels with you to these different communities or how do you do that? So in Namibia with the San, I had Ruth, my hostess. Um, but in Angola, no, I did it by myself. I had no one. I didn't even speak Portuguese. I so. saw you were like <laughs> taking lifts from people at the police station. Yeah, so the the this specific family of Himba didn't speak Portuguese. They spoke um Ochimba. Um I did I, I think but I think if I had spoken Portuguese we would have been able to, you know, communicate a bit better. But I didn't speak Portuguese, I didn't speak Ochimba. I just as I said, I just sat and observed and I think that was actually a blessing because mm. then I didn't try to insert myself and yak yak mm. yak chit chat. I just I watched from a distance and I appreciated. And then how did you get from what what actually what are your takeaways of Angola? Because Angola seems to have some sort of a nice life, like it has a vibe beyond your yes. rural experience. Nightlife, etc. Because I'm going to Angola soon, actually. Yes. What do I need to know? I'm going to Luanda. They have they have a theater. They they just have they have nice things. Luanda night has nice things going on. They like a soft life, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so that that's what I enjoyed about Luanda. It's trying; it really tries. Um, the malls are fancy; they like fancy, expensive things. Wow! So yeah, that's what I enjoyed about Luanda. 
Okay. And Poppy, um, about Rwanda, I've noticed from the few Angolans that I've met, I've never been to Angola, but I've met them like either in Congo, either here. Um, it feels like mostly between them, they speak Portuguese. Uh, did, did you have that experience? I feel like they speak more, most of the time they speak Portuguese compared to other um, African uh, languages. Is that accurate? Yes, they do. They do speak a lot of Portuguese. Um, oh, yes, I remember my friend, my Angolan friend, Kevin, saying that, you know, there was a time in history when, you know, the colonizers tried or and I think succeeded in wiping out the, mm. the native languages. Wow. And that's why they speak in, um, Angola. Uh, sorry, they speak Portuguese as a mother tongue, you know, as a, mm. like a first language. Yeah, he was actually, yeah, he actually told me this uh, last year. He said his parents don't speak their mother tongues. Wow. Because they only speak Portuguese and French because they also have roots in the DRC. Mm. Yeah, he said, because um, I, I was asking him, do you speak, you know, your mother tongue? And he said, no, even my parents don't. Like, that's how far back it goes. Oh, wow. Um, that's how eradicated they, they, that's how much they managed to eradicate the the mother tongue and even the um, the the names and surname even the surnames are portuguese wow so yeah, i was Manuel watching the news and, and you know a, a black angolan man his surname was gonzalez or something of that nature exactly you know his name was portuguese his surname was portuguese so yeah the the the, the portuguese managed to 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 quite damage the 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 native tongue to a point where i was sitting next to a lady in a taxi and she was like you know what pops i'm actually actively trying to learn my wow. mother tongue because wow. it's just not readily available you know so, so i thought that was interesting mm. yeah that is interesting to me too because i also noticed in namibia i was there as well and the there were black youth speaking in afrikaans to each other and i was like whoa wait <laughs> What? <laughs> and it's like it's it's a mandatory language in 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 Namibia, and they it's in their schools, and it's almost like compulsory. And yeah, that that mm. blew my mind. Yeah, I think I think it's more Afrikaans in in Namibia than it is English. That's what I also found. Everyone would ask me, "Do you speak Afrikaans?" You know. Mm. So I think it's it's more Afrikaans than it is. English yes, like thing. Afrikaans has a, has a stronger standing than English. That's <laughs> so interesting. Yes. Oh, that's so unsettling. Okay, so then how did you make your way from Angola to the DRC? I guess is where you went next. I took a bus. I took a Mako bus wow. from Luanda to the border. Uh, what's the border town called? Um, I forgot now. From Angola, would Lufu, Lufu, Lufu. Okay. Yes. Um, Lufu, um, yeah, and then I crossed. You you cross by foot, so you cross into. It's a it's a weird thing on the. Is the border called Lufu? I don't know, but on the Angolan side, it's called Luvo, L U V O, uh-huh. and then when you get into DRC, it's called Lufu. Uh, so you cross by foot, get into DRC, and then from there you take just a normal taxi to Kinshasa straight and how, how, how long i mean how long is that trip from the border uh to kinshasa in the taxi i think it's about seven hours it's a long trip yes it's wow. a long trip i would imagine and then you get 
and then you get into Kinshasa and it's traffic all the way as you would know Patricia. <laughs> the traffic in and... Kinshasa it's crazy oh my god <laughs> yeah oh but I love Kinshasa so much it has my heart oh. now it has your heart puppy don't pretend now like you didn't have a nice time <laughs> yes the last apparently time. you know what's interesting puppy be- uh, puppy because um Tanya from Congo Travels she's one of my good friends yeah. and unfortunately mm-hmm. she was supposed to join us but she couldn't because she's also busy traveling and and apparently your first experience in Kinshasa was not very good tell us about it oh it was horrendous I just I think looking back I I just wasn't ready yes because in my head I have certain expectations (laughs) you know I, I expect all cities to sort of you know be the same in certain aspects. For example, for affordability. Yeah. I expect every city to have a, <laughs> a lower income, middle income, higher income experiences, options. So I found that in Kinshasa, it was only the lower income experience and the high ex- That's income true. experience. That's true. I can agree with that. They don't, they, don't, they don't cater for the middle class. So if you pay middle class prices, you're going to get a lower experience, mm-hmm. lower income experience. Um, and e- sometimes even if you pay the, the high income price, you'll probably land up at a middle experience. True. So that was very frustrating for me. I couldn't find accommodation at, you know, the, the, the price points that I'm used to for someone who earns my income. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was... Uh, debilitated infrastructure pipes water pipes aren't working mm. water's cold we have to use buckets of water we, the, the water doesn't come out of the taps uh it was just i, I was not ready for yeah. it at all and and the dollar it was my first time having to use the <laughs> dollar for for that long so i had used the dollar at vic falls in zimbabwe but it was for literally a weekend i had the money you know, I, I had the budget. I was ready. Now, I nowadays, I make money as I travel. Uh-huh. So I, wasn't, I didn't necessarily have a bag with me, you know, a bag of money ready to be spent. So the dollar, you know, yes. it was so expensive. Everything, cocktails started at $18. Which is what in were, I was like, oh. Times 12 was, or something. I'm about 20 now mm. oh, so wow. it was nearly four, nearly 400 rands <gasps> for, for a cocktail, cocktail. and exactly. so what, what was different this time was it the men that made the second time in the Congo a better time <laughs> no um, it wasn't the men actually I, I would like to say something about the men last time so there was a man last time he broke my heart that added to the ah. <laughs> but guys this time mm-hmm. I was ready I, I told myself you know what um, Kinshasa is not going to defeat me I'm I'm bigger than this yes. I just I leaned into I leaned into my middle classness which is lower mm-hmm. income that side I was like okay I'm going to own it this is where I can afford to stay I'm going to stay here and I'm going to own it okay. this is where I can afford to eat I'm going to eat here I'm going to own it and that's what I'm going to vlog and I'm going I'm just going to make the most out of it and the audience lapped it up yes you've, I'm going to say your vlogs were so interesting I saw you hopping on this oh. uh, the, the the motorbikes and uh, I saw you eating in yeah those like street foods and somewhere in Kasavubu yes. etc that was so interesting I loved it <laughs> Yes. So I thought, well, let me just do, let me work with my material. 
let me work with what I have and see what comes out. And yeah, that, that's what came out. But uh, I saw that you met some people, uh, including one that is, um, I think, uh, yeah, Louise. I, I know her a bit, Louise and her sister, uh, Sophie. So did you meet these people prior to your trip or you meet them there? How do you meet people? Or is it some um, social media friendship that then when you arrive in the country, you, you meet the people in real life? So Louise literally, de- she emailed me and she was like, hey, Pops, I see you are in Kinshasa. You know, let's meet up. Um, let's go on a date. Okay. And then I said yes. And then yeah, that's how our friendship then started. She had been following my she said she'd been following my journey since the beginning of the year when I started uploading last year's trip on TikTok. All this right. year. So she says she she saw the I think she first saw the content when I was in Congo Brazzaville. She was like, Oh man, I just missed her. Mm. And then and then I told her when we met, I said, no, I, I was actually in Congo Brazzaville last year, but I only posted it on TikTok this year. She was like, oh, I feel much better now. <laughs> I, I, so I didn't miss you. I'm like, yes, you didn't miss me. Oh, that's great. And I guess you build communities like this throughout. Yes, even Abel um, also from Kinshasa. Last year, I, I posted a story. Hey, guys, any hosts in Kinshasa? A South African lady knocked on her Congolese neighbor's door. She was like, hey, my friend is in Kinshasa. She needs a host. The the, the Congolese man was like, oh, I have a brother in Kinshasa. The oh, brother wow. happened to be a bell. A bell knocked on his neighbor's door. Was like, Do you have room? So it's it's always that. Oh, you know? that's lovely. Have you been to, actually, I'm from Lubumbashi. Have you been to Lubumbashi in your Congo strip? No, or not yet. No, I haven't been yet because I hear the road isn't good between Kinshasa and Lubumbashi. Yes. I, I don't know if... Yes, okay. no, I think that's a correct. I think, but Lubumbashi is closer to South Africa. So for me, I, I, will, I was thinking that uh, after maybe Namibia or something, you'll venture into Congo via um, Lubumbashi. But I think from South Africa, you can really go by road to Lubumbashi. But I agree, between Lubumbashi and Kinshasa, apparently the roads, uh, I don't think it's recommended to do that <laughs> as a road uh, road trip. But before we move, I'll probably do. I'll probably do Lubumbashi on my if I do an East African Africa. trip. Oh, yes. you will have then to I'll to get in that. touch then because that's my city yes. at least. Oh, <laughs> okay. if okay. when you okay. do your East African trip, look, I can't say when because I've done East Africa and I'm not sure if I want to do it again. Ah. but you know. <laughs> so if uh, like a, a good opportunity comes up or if I'm really in the mood then I'll do it but I'm not promising anything so thus far I find that the hottest men are in Congo Brazzaville oh, okay. and it's, prob- it's probably a financial thing I find mm. that you know the more money people have access to That's then the true. better they tend to look because obviously healthcare mm. you know facial products etc so um Congo Brazzaville as a city is chilled it's quite affluent you know mm. they really try and the men were jogging on the on la corniche uh, la I corniche mean, yes know, Patricia, yeah Patricia <laughs> maybe you can um translate that like um, a, um, yeah. yes like a promenade promenade like, that's the word exactly. I'm looking for Okay, so um, they were jogging there, you know, during the day they were in their work suits and they just looked good. And I thought, mm, okay, you guys are my number one. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
and the the Congolese and then can, um, Congo Kinshasa men are number two. They also try mm-hmm. Angolan men. Oh, I didn't see anything good there. Angola, <laughs> Namibia, yeah? nothing. South Africa, nothing. Gabon? Did I see anything? Mm, no. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Talking Cameroon, about, nothing yet. Oh, nothing yet. Talking about the men, do you know about what is apology in Kinshasa? No, what is that? Actually, it's the way men in Congo, uh, the, yeah, the way men in Congo, in Kinshasa, they love really to, um, dress up. You know, they, I, I'm sure you've noticed that even quite from, from Bryant, they like really to, yeah, be, uh, is it dapper in English? Just, mm-hmm. just to, to be dressed up, you know, every time. Oh. And sometimes, yes, if you've seen, especially the musician, we've got this thing called Sapology, La Sap. It's really the art of, yeah, of, Good dress, good dressing, uh, dress oh. up and stuff. Yes, <laughs> la sapology. I think I saw it recently on TikTok. Yes, I, I w- saw it recently on TikTok. Okay, but I haven't actually seen it on okay. the main in okay. Unless I'm not looking for it, maybe I'm not. I'm just not looking out for it. Mm. But no, I haven't noticed it. Yeah, I'm yet. sure they also have some events where they really like have a battle of fashion and stuff. <laughs> I will send you some. Oh, <laughs> I will DM yeah. some information about it. <laughs> Okay, nice. Thank you. So from the DRC, you moved to Gabon, was it? Uh, no. So from the DRC, I moved to Congo Brazzaville. Brazzaville. Yes. Then from Bra- Congo Brazzaville, then Gabon. So tell us about Gabon. Firstly, did you have a, a housekeeping family? What's the t- a hosting family yes. to start? And then, because you were there at a really critical time in their most recent political mm. event play out. So yes, because Gabon had a whole coup. They closed the border. They switched off the internet for a hot second. Tell us about your time in Gabon. Okay, so my time in Gabon started out in Gamba, where I went to search for elephants. So what I like to do is I like to... I want to bump into elephants in the natural habitat, just chilling. So I was told that in Gamba, that's possible. So I don't, I don't like to go to game reserves and, you know, mm. pull up on them with a noisy car. <laughs> I just like, if they come, they come. If they don't come, they don't come. So Gamba is the place, chilled there, saw elephants. I did have a host family, lovely lady, her husband, not so much. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, I moved on to... And then I spent a bit of time in Libreville, the capital city. And then I wanted to cross the border into now Cameroon. And that was around election day. So I I, I was supposed to travel actually on the day of elections, but I was told borders were closed. So I thought, mm, okay, then I'll just travel on the Sunday. Borders should be open by then. I get on a bus to Bidam and the borders are still closed. I think, oh, maybe it's because it's a Sunday. Whatever, mm. we'll go and check tomorrow. Borders are still closed. Um, But luckily, I met a lovely lady on the bus. She heard my South African accent and she was like, you're from South Africa? I said, yes. She said, oh, I used to go to school there. My daughter's there. We became friends on the bus. And then when we hopped off the bus, her boyfriend came to pick pick her up. And she said, "Uh, she needs, you know, a hotel. Let's help her look for a hotel. He said, I'll do her one better. How about she stays with us? Oh, lovely. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And they were like, you know what, Pops, whatever happens, you're with us. Whatever we do, you're going to do whatever, wherever we go, you're going to go. And I thought, this is weird for a border that's supposed to open soon. What do these people mean? <laughs> you know? What are they getting ready for? They Gabon more than I do. Um, so we chilled. Border doesn't open, doesn't open until then the coup is announced. Wow. Um, 
but yeah, it was it, it was a very safe time for me because Bitam is a small border town. There was no drama, you know. There were a few people singing happily, joyfully, celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know they felt that Gabon is now free or things will change. Okay. Um, but for the most part, it was business as usual, quiet, nothing. You know, not no drama, no story really. That's that's good to hear, especially because you were in a border town and it wasn't, you know, I was actually very genuinely concerned about your wellness. Like, yeah, true. You know, we have these perceptions mm. of these things. And I mean, sure, coup is a very traumatic word, um, but you've put it in context of, in fact, the people welcomed this change. You were in a mm. small area and it was drama free. Which is good because mm. I've seen you have these conversations with Mother Nature or Mother or the Universe, you know, like, yeah, hey, Universe, I need to get to here. And, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes, the later. Universe really came through. Because I don't know how I would have uh, reacted to the coup if I wasn't with a host family. That's mm. true. I don't know. I think I would have maybe, I, I might have stressed. Mm. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Because as you saw, A, it was peaceful. But B, they quickly open the borders within a week. Exactly. And yeah, they true. usually don't open within a week. They usually, it, this thing usually takes two weeks to resolve. You know, mm. when Ali wins, people are usually very angry mm. and it takes about two weeks. But with the, with the military, you know, people were okay. Were you, did you learn anything about your politics? I mean, before you went, did you have an awareness that, okay, I'm going into a country, this is their political landscape? Or were you just going? I I was absolutely ignorant, which I think maybe maybe I need to change because if I had read even one Google result, you wouldn't have gone. You know, I would have known that get out of there before the elections. Elections, mm. you know, I didn't even know that. There I go a few days before elections. There I go only then applying for a visa to Cameroon. The visa takes its own time. And that's how I, you know, I ended up stuck there because, you know, the visa held me back. So if I had read up, I, I would have known. But I did learn a few things now. Um, you know, I learned about Ali and his about to partnered with his dad. They sixty year reign, sixty plus year reign. Yeah, yeah. I learned that Ali was moving away from France now and mm. into the Commonwealth. Oh. I learned that Ondo was actually um, favored by France, so he was just going to keep on. With you know, the, the 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 looting of France into these African countries, um, what else did I? Learn? I learned that the 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 minister of water and forest was a an Englishman. Oh White yes, Englishman. yes, yes. I know him. I've seen him on a show. <laughs> that is actually very concerning. That that's a that's a common exactly. habit. Hey, exactly. You know, land. I mean, you 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 look after the the resources of, of the an country African and you're nation. not even from there. You know. So you, who knows what what he was looting? Mm. So yeah, no. So yeah, I learned quite a bit. And because now you're still, um, so you've done Gabonia now in Cameroon. Um, that whole yes. ECOWAS block, as it is, um, is a uh, anything can happen, really. Mm, um, mm, mm. So what? So what has the Cameroon experience been like, and where to from there? I, I haven't experienced Cameroon yet because oh, yes, I've been you've been indoors, yeah. bedridden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, but I mean, Cameroon's peaceful. It's always been peaceful. Before I came to Cameroon last year, I did a bit of reading and all I saw was, you know, there's fighting, violence, blah, blah, blah. I get to Cameroon. What a yawn. Everyone's minding their business, you know. Um, there's actually even less 
uh, immigration control stops throughout okay. the roads. Okay. Like the, like the, there's there's fewer than Gabon. Gabon has like a, a million. In a space of twelve hours, oh gosh, <laughs> you go through a million. But here in Cameroon, it's it's fewer. So I, I, it's it's peaceful. To me, it's peaceful. It's quiet. It's safe. Of course, if you stick to the safe regions, which would be your capital cities, yeah. your, you know, away from the English side. I'm not sure where's the English side, which part of the country is it south, is it north? I don't know. So wait, but the, the English, English side region, is not safe. No, they're fighting. They, yes. They're fighting okay. uh, tooth and nail to the point where I've actually decided to fly to Nigeria because it's so unsafe uh-huh. to, cro- to cross by land. Yeah. So the only, the only, so the, the governments closed the border between Nigeria and Cameroon, I hear about four years ago. So they don't even have a land really? border, but they are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, but there are people who are traveling um, illegally. Uh, so I, I contacted a bus company and they were like, you know, Pops, we can take you, but bear in mind, you won't get a cam- an exit stamp from Cameroon side because that border, you know, is closed. It's closed, wow. And then the guy was like, oh, but I'm sure in Nigeria, they won't give you any trouble. I said, listen, <laughs> I'm not doing Don't that. Don't risk it. Yeah. Yeah. So my other option was to take the, the boat, the speed boat, but they overload those and they don't yes. maintain them. I saw a video of Chris Authentic Traveling on TikTok. I watched through because I knew he had used those boats. He In his caption, he says, I will never do this again. I said, you know what? I <laughs> ran to the airport. I said, I don't need this. And yeah, the tickets. <laughs> oh, no, that's very good to hear. And when are you making your way to Nigeria? On Tuesday. Okay. So maybe you'll have like a, the energy to do a Sunday outing around Cameroon. No, definitely. Even tonight, uh, I'm I am going to a gallery exhibition. Hey, um, and then tomorrow, I'm chilling with a friend at her place. So she wants to sort of introduce me to a Cameroonian family way of life, food, that oh, type of thing. Wow. So I said, yes, yeah, sure, please. Oh yeah. And then yeah, by Tuesday, I will have recovered. And yeah. Have you ever had like Nigeria. an upset stomach with the food you've eaten on the road? Mm, no, actually, I don't think so. I really can't remember a time when my stomach was upset because of the food. Maybe the the hot chili, but okay. that happens even in SA when I eat hot food in mm. SA. Uh chili food, but no, I've never. I think I am quite careful though. I I can kind of sense when something will upset me. Okay. And then I just skip it. For instance, when I was with the Himba, they 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 had um unpasteurized uh, cow milk mm-hmm. and I just said you know what no thank you gonna... I would have loved to taste it it would have made for great content but, but mm. then I would have yeah no I would have regretted it so you speak here about visas um what if I now decide oh my gosh puppy's my inspiration I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna wing it and travel the west coast of Africa where what are the oh. visa things that I need to know beyond just the visa things like, yeah like what is puppy's like toolkit of information that us who are inspired this, yeah, startup kits <laughs> yeah the startup kit to be like puppy sphere what do we need to okay know? so so would are you saying you would take the same road trip to ghana let's say let's yeah. say actually ghana is really somewhere i've never been and i want to be so i want to road it to, okay. to ghana okay so let me start you off on the visas so the visa that you'll need is the one for drc you'll need one for the republic of congo You'll need one for Cameroon. You'll need for Nigeria. 
Togo and Ghana. So you'll need six. Not Angola. Um, no, not Angola, not Namibia, okay. not Gabon, not Benin. Okay. And then um, you have to prepare yourself for long, long um, bus rides, and the roads aren't very good, you know, mm. and the the buses aren't in the best quality. So you'll have to prepare yourself for that. Basically, you just have to mentally prepare to be patient. And you just have to know that you'll be safe because these are the modes of transport that the people in these countries use mm. on a daily basis. This is how they go home to see their own families. So, yes, the safety is a concern, but don't let it consume you. Mm. Okay. Don't let it consume you. Um, and yeah, just have fun. You're gonna you're gonna be forced to eat the food, you know, <laughs> because they won't have like convenience stops on the way. They'll only have small um, stalls selling local food. So at some point, you're gonna have to eat the food. That is a blessing, you know. Enjoy it. Um, try these different things. It's it's absolutely amazing. Because I guess that's the whole point, isn't it? Like. Yeah. That is absolutely mm. the whole point, is to immerse yourself in these people and their ways. Yes, and I actually found that I'm not, I'm not too immersive. I actually tend to stick to what I know, especially food-wise. So I'm grateful when they, they, I, the only option I have is to choose between this chicken and this thing <laughs> and this that. I'm, I'm actually, I'm always grateful for that because if there was always pies and burgers and what I'm yeah. to, I'd always just go for those and call it a day. That's true. We call it eating Chinese in my home because um, oftentimes like the Asian communities, there was an era in South Africa where they would come in busloads, mm. right? Just before the development of bricks and they would all mm. only eat at res- Chinese restaurants. Mm. Like, so you wouldn't see them at like stairs. It was, there would be these buses outside these Chinese restaurants where they would go to eat. So mm. yeah. Yes. That's how Chinese people are. They, do. <laughs> they tend to stick, they tend to stick to what they know. Uh. You know? And how long have you been, now that you're mentioning China, how long have you been um, living in China when we were teaching English there? I I, I got to China September 2018 mm-hmm. and I left February 2020. So just under, just over one year. Oh, okay. Year. Okay. And briefly, how was the experience? Especially as a person of color. Was, yes. <laughs> Look, the experience outside of teaching, teaching was boring. Okay. But outside of teaching, it was absolutely mind-boggling wow. because China has been so closed to us, you know, mm. for so many years. We didn't know what was happening there. We did, you get in there. It's uh, it's such a it's an outer body experience. The way they do things, the technology, wow. the language, the food, everything is just. It was brand new to me. To the point where I have to now go back as a non-teacher, as a businesswoman, yeah. and experience it in my own time, you know, on my own schedule, and just do it the way that I want to do it. China is absolutely uh, amazing. I, I can't even, I can't even describe it. Like, because now it sounds like, well, pops, what's so amazing? I, I don't know, guys. I can't <laughs> even tell you. But it's everything. It's, just, it's so different. It's so different, but it's beautiful. And they're not judgy to you as a person of color. Because I was thinking, I know that I've I've known a lot of white people who have gone to teach English in um, China. I have known people who've done it of color, but they've done it online um, versus in person. So you were even received by the students? 
yes, I was received very well by everyone. I think racism in China is systematic. So in the way that they pay us, mm-hmm. uh, we probably don't get paid as much as the white our white counterparts. But overtly racist, um, I have not. Ex- I did not experience that. People were nice to me on the streets. They were always asking me questions: Where you're from? Okay. Blah blah blah. Are you married? This and that. Um, at school, at work, my colleagues were good and nice. The kids welcomed me. They received me well. So yeah, I I didn't experience any any racism or any weird vibes, you know. So actually, because now I mean, we, you are traveling to Ghana, and we are. And I'm so sorry, Patricia. I'm gonna renege <laughs> on something we agreed on originally. <laughs> so um, we are in times to come. We're gonna have a chat about Dirty December in Ghana, and I wanted to find mm. out if. Will you be in Ghana in when, December? In December, have you heard about Dirty December? I haven't heard about Dirty December. My business partner is trying to have me in Ghana in December. Yes, but I don't know if it's gonna work out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I should be. I should be in Ghana in December, um, living it up. But I'm actually not sure because my Ghana visa expires mid. October oh. and then I head to Cote d'Ivoire till ah. like maybe mid-November or beginning November fly back to SA so I'll be in SA in November and now if that um if that deal works out in Ghana then I should fly back to Ghana in December I should be oh but then I'll hear from him I'm waiting to hear from him I think we'll have to to to, to uh, give, uh, get back in touch with you then if you are in December there because we want to do an episode about how this dirty December thing uh because yeah that's the time where they have all this festival afro nation um mm. afro future so yeah and I, I I was in Ghana in 2019 for the year of return um so oh, yeah. yeah so now what's um what's happening in Ghana in December they, they've always tried to to build, they're trying to milk this um, year of return. So they always, so Ghana in December is always big. I'm sure if you go back there, you will see in terms even of all the diaspora people coming back there from the US and stuff to celebrate the yes. celebrities. I've been so, seeing yes. every year on, 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 on Instagram. Every single year, December. Exactly. It's always popping. (laughs) So if you are there in December, I think you will be our correspondent or something. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, definitely. definitely. Have you been to Ghana before? No. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Be my first time. Oh, I've mm. been to Accra for our work conference. It was, it was not a long stay, but it's amazing. I mean, the people there, they're very nice, welcoming, and I found them very chilled, especially if I compare them to people like in Kinshasa or something. I was like, you know, in Kinshasa, mm. it's so noisy. Everybody keeps on screaming, but I, f- I felt that <laughs> they were very like composed and calm and welcoming. And oh, yeah, I'm mm. looking forward to hear about your experience. Yeah, there's some incredible okay. people in Ghana I should try to introduce you to. Um, but I'm imagining yes, you probably already necessary. have your host lined up. You, you know, are these. No, I actually, <laughs> I don't necessarily. I, more is more for me. You oh, know? Okay. good. The more the merrier. Yeah, the more the merrier. Okay, no, then I will definitely make that introduction. Um, but why Ghana? Thanks. Why did you decide that this is your ultimate destination? I actually wanted to go to Nigeria. You know, when I started getting into Afrobeats, I was like, oh my gosh, um, I wonder what it's like to actually be from the country that is championing, you know, mm. this genre of music. 
And I posted a story on Instagram. I said, you know, guys, I'm going to go to Nigeria. And I don't know how, but I'm going to go. You'll see. And then I thought, because I didn't know the African map, I thought Nigeria and Ghana are neighboring. Yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, when I'm in Nigeria, I'll just quickly hop on over to Ghana. So everyone knew that I wanted to go to Ghana. And then a competition came up. A friend sent it to me. I entered the competition. I came fourth. There were only three spots. And I said to the popsicles, you know what, guys, just because we didn't win a competition doesn't mean we can't go to Ghana. Let's raise the funds. Let's do this by ourselves. And yeah, that's literally what we're doing now. This is the trip. Mm. This is epic. And you've also been speaking about your business partner because now I'm imagining. So this is not just like a a trip for you, is it? (laughs) This is a mode of business. This is you in businesswoman mode. Yes, this is now my income. So how I make money is I charge for exclusive content so people can subscribe to my close friends on Instagram to get, you know, behind the scenes exclusive content. 70 bucks for 70 bucks. Link is in my bio on TikTok, on Instagram. So yeah, now, you know, I make money traveling. Um, Yeah, people pay to watch some of my content. Please drop your handle so that our listeners know where to find you. I personally think that she is worth the 70 bucks. True. Following her content is so engaging. It's so gripping. So where can our listeners find you? My Your listeners can find me or B underscore Sibia, P-O-P-I underscore S-I-B-I-Y-A on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm Poppy Sibia on YouTube. So just Poppy Sibia. Yeah, that's Lovely. where they can find me. Can I ask one spicy Nana question? Go for it. <laughs> so your womanly needs, are you Ooh. attending to that on the road? <laughs> are you deciding, mm, I see a snack, snack is smiling back? <laughs> I am snacking. We love to hear that. (laughs) I am. I am asking for what I want. And I'm always the one because they tend to be quite reserved. Uh I'm the one texting them on. If I see something I like, I text it. I say, hey, how about, you know, I spend the night. They're like, sure, come through, pops. We do what needs to be done. We enjoy ourselves. And then, you know, I love them and leave them. Ah. That is the best. Thank you. You've made my month. <laughs> Poppy, you have been such a refreshing blast of fresh air for us. Because um, this conversation was meant to have happened earlier. And then we yes. decided to take a while this August. And thank you for being patient with us. Um, thank you so much. And agreeing to speak no to worries. us now. Um, I don't think you're going to leave our circle anytime soon. We're probably going to chat about Dirty December in the future. But I would like mm. to think you are now a friend of our family. So thank you for all Definitely. of it. And please, when you're in South Africa, I think we must re- meet you in real life. I would really love that. So if you have a little time. Yeah, so I think we'll yes. keep in touch and maybe we can go for a drink or something so we can debrief yes. all these things, all this Pan-African snacking in real life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, thank Thank you so much, Poppy. Merci. Thank you so much, Patricia and Christine. Thank you, Zazie Podcast. No, thank you. We will totally share this with you. We will share it with our listeners. We wish you the safest of travels. Yes. Travel mercies to you. May Mother Universe be with you in all ways. And um, yes, please keep rising and rising in everything you set your heart on. 
And it's so important what you're doing. I mean, just showcasing the hospitality, the friendship between uh, nationality, between people. It's so important from the continent. I mean, it's, it's so great. Mm. Keep on, keep on shining, keep on sharing, keep on, yeah, keep on being you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, I loved it. I loved t- chatting to her. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep on following her. I, I really love what she's doing. And I feel like I'm inspired to try a bit of um, untraditional travel, you know, uh, beyond the, oh, let me pay for soft life travel. Exactly, soft life travel. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're accustomed to. Exactly. And talking about soft life travel, very soon we'll be chatting to Tanya. I think she's more into the soft life travel. Yes. She told me that she aspired to be like a poppy kind of traveler, but now she's like, who living a best life in the beautiful hotels, whatever. So I think our next uh, travel installment would be uh, with Tanya from Congo Travel. It's lovely that we get to have this different variety right from like the winging it taking an intercape bus to like flying emirates (laughs) exactly yeah and uh, yeah i think we should have more of this kind of installment and just to have different perspectives yeah i feel like i've just done a little bit of a travel now up west africa me too me too i'm so interested in where she goes and everything else because i pay my 70 bucks for close friends footage i will do the same i haven't done that but i will do the same definitely i think it's worth it no this was really awesome oh wow we've had a good day so Okay, the, the, the cat's out the bag about Dirty December. Yes. Um, that's going to be one of our upcoming topics. So if you know of any spicy events happening in Ghana over December, let us know about it. Yes, or how to, to, to go to December in Ghana. I know there are some companies that are organizing a trip to go to Affirmation. To the, yes, talk to us, guy. We'd love to share that. We'd love to feature. We'd love to be invited. I was just about to say, <laughs> hey, man, you can have us over so we can do a, this board Broadcast on dirty uh, oh my December God, imagine, in Ghana. Imagine, oh my God, we have to make it happen. Goals. <laughs> um, yes. But until then, good people, we wish you the best in all ways and thank you for listening. To thank Zazen. you. Bye. Bye.